Hello everyone and welcome back to Terrible Tirades. My name is Sean and I am joined by my co-hosts Dale, Paul, Adam, and I am pleased to welcome Christian back to the show. Gentlemen, today's topic of discussion is going to be more controversial than usual. Some may say that this topic is the most controversial topic. Historically, there have been many wars fought in its name. Even today, many die in the name of it. I am, of course, speaking about religion. Oh, thank God. I thought it was going to be Bud Light. Way to bring it, <laughs> way to bring it back, Dale. I mean, it was very, very intense, and then yeah, had to bring it there. Um, of co- I'm going back to my scripted intro. There are many avenues we could venture in conversation about religion, but to start us off, instead of a current event like I like to do, I'm I'm just going to go around, and I'm going to ask: Do any of you follow a faith or religion, and if so, what? Uh, my, my, uh, myself, I, I, I would say that I don't, I, I I would say I'm agnostic at this point in my life. I didn't start that way. Even I would say four years ago, I wouldn't even say that I was agnostic. I would profoundly say that I was a Methodist, but at this point in my life, I'd say I'm agnostic. I don't blame you after all the trouble the Methodist church has had in the past couple of years. What trouble? Oh, they've had a major schism. There's there's two Methodist churches now that I know about, and it's based on uh, Bud Light. Oh, that's just going to be our code word for things that are just as controversial as religion. But uh, oh. yeah, based on Bud Light, essentially. Hmm. I didn't know the popes drank Bud Light. Is there a Methodist pope? Has that <laughs> happened now? I mean, you know, pope is also code word for. Billy Graham is the Methodist Pope now. You know what? He was posthumously canonized as the uh, as the Methodist Pope. I, I don't know if I can butt in right now, but I have a funny story involving uh, Billy Graham, or at least his bus. Spectacular. So, so back in the early days of my career at, at the job I'm working at right now, there was a flood in, in Moundsville, and a lot of shit got fucked up. The place that we had to go and try to salvage like some service from smelled like cat piss. But guess who was there to save us? Even though he was already dead by this time, Billy Graham's glorious bus. And I got to go on there. I got to sit on the bus, chill and hang out for a bit to kind of like, like, you know, recoup from wading around in piss water. And we had like snacks and shit, like beef jerky and cookies and stuff and i'm just like sitting on here and i'm like i cannot believe i'm on the billy graham bus right now even in death he's looking out for us (laughs) god bless him there's a reason he's methodist pope now yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, if you're up there thank you billy graham god you made my day slightly better amen all right dale let's go with you um I am a Christian, specifically an Orthodox Christian, which is not the same as an Orthodox Jew. I feel I have to say this because I get a lot of that, oh, you're Jewish? Really? Oh, yeah, because the only Orthodox people have heard about outside of Greece is, like, Jews. So first they say you're Jewish, and if they know anything about Orthodoxy, they might be like, well, you don't look Greek. Interesting. But, uh... 
Yeah, I'm orthodox. That and a lot of people probably just assume I mean, they mean Old Testament instead of New Testament. It's pretty much Jewish territory, right? Yeah. Well, kind of, but yeah. They have their own translations and did a little rejiggering to make it a little less uh, obviously Jesus-oriented. All right, Christian, you're next. Uh, I guess if I had to categorize my religion, I'm pretty, I'm sort of agnostic. I'm more uh, uh, optimistically agnostic. I, I guess if there was a word to describe it, uh, pantheistic. It's hard for me to separate divinity with the totality of everything. It's, if there is God, it's all God kind of situation. I've kind of been on that train of thought for a good, uh, a good eight to nine years. It doesn't involve very much effort to believing it. Just kind of do it and live your life. It's like the shadow of meaning everywhere you go and everything you look at. It's kind of cool. So you believe that God is in everything? Yeah. yeah. Including cookware? Absolutely. So you're a frying pantheist. <laughs> nice. All right, Adam. So I am, I guess you would say an agnostic. Um, I'm what some people call a teapot atheist, if you know that term, right? I um, don't. Never heard of this. It's a Richard Dawkins thing. It's basically, oh. um, you believe that there is a god? Well, I believe that there could be a god. I believe that there could also be a teapot orbiting Mars. It's a very small possibility, but we don't know for sure. So. You know, um, I was raised as a Pentecostal Christian. The churches Ooh. where mm. people, you know, speak in tongues, fall over from the power of the Holy Spirit, all that stuff. That's how I was raised. I've been to I one once. Christian school for 11 years. Um, actually, a couple of them. But that was Christian school. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, just not good. Um. But yeah, I I think there is a possibility that there's something out there, that there's something bigger than ourselves. I don't know what form it takes. I'm almost 99% sure that I don't believe it's the form uh, that we see in the traditional Abrahamic religions, or at least what's been reported in their books. So I think that sums up my books pretty well. I mean, I'm more than 99% sure that there's at least a couple things bigger than us out there. Jupiter springs to mind. My and daughter I, loves Jupiter. She your daughter's a smart woman. Jupiter. She is a smart little girl. She has stuffed Jupiter? Yeah, she loves it too. She sleeps with it every <laughs> oh, night. Sounds awesome. Oh, that's great. <laughs> just stuffed all the planets? No, just Jupiter. She loves Jupiter. That's brilliant. She has a shirt about Jupiter, too. She loves Neptune can BTFO, man. Neptune is nothing. Jupiter is the gas giant of choice. 10 out of 10 Annabelle's agree. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of love that, actually. I'm glad you told me that. It's cool as hell. Yeah, she loves it. Yeah. All right, Paul? Um, Yeah, I guess I would say I'm pretty much where Adam is. Like, you know, I, I believe that there's a very small chance of the traditional god you read about in the holy bible or whatever you know the the christian bible i I don't really believe in that too much but but i don't like to call myself an atheist 
uh, I prefer to say agnostic. I don't know. Atheist just seems like they seem a little bit more sure than me that there's nothing. Okay. You know, and, and I don't want to put myself into that category. Um, I was raised as a church of Christ, which, you know, they're pretty, uh, strict. So, you know, my parents are very, very strict, especially my mother. Like, you know, like, uh, we even gotta be careful about those PG rated films there. They might say, crap <laughs> um, so, you know and no instrumental music and in any of that stuff so yeah it was a weird childhood i'm with you on the atheist thing man i mean if you're telling me that you're completely sure that there is no god like you're a hundred percent sure isn't that just as undisprovable as the postulate that there is a god Aren't you just substituting a new kind of religion for the old kind of religion? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't I don't think there's ever a way to prove either. Like, and that's that's part of what plagues my mind every day is like thoughts like these. I'm, I'm aggressively agnostic, I would say. Like you can never prove that there's not a god. There's no way to prove that. You can't know. It could be a large bird creature. You can't know. Exactly. You know, but I can... Either way, it's 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 just impossible. Like, I, I can't even prove for 100% that I'm not actually a, a toothbrush hooked up to some, like, mind-altering device and, like... You know, in in this in that land, this is what we brush our teeth with. These human-looking like figures. I cannot. We are actually the real toothbrushes. <laughs> I can't wait until I get to. I, I I have enough content. I'm gonna make a trailer for our podcast, and that is going to be in there. Just like cut through ball. I might be a toothbrush. Like, <laughs> do toothbrushes dream of electric paws? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> no, I was gonna say like. Uh, it is actually a postulate that is pretty common in the Orthodox Church that if you say you know for a fact the nature of God or the nature of the Trinity, then you're probably, like, there is a 99% chance you're a heretic. Oh. And you just kind of have to admit that no one is going to know for sure how God is and what he's like because you can't because you're a created being and you're limited and he's not isn't there a level of hell in dante's inferno for heretics you know it's been a long time since i read the inferno i read it as like a really edgy teenager like circles of hell this is exactly what i want to read at 13 Oh, this one is for Plato, and this one is for suicide. And it's like, I didn't, I don't think I took in as much of it as I could have. I probably should read it again now that I'm not a teenager. I'm Googling it. The sixth circle contains the heretics, those who believe that the body did not contain a soul. Damn. Jehovah's Witnesses. I know this because my my wife's family is Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, and I'm not trying to 
talk bad on them in any way, but they don't believe that you have a soul when they when they hear like soul and spirit that is more or less what they believe is the breath of life that brought them into existence not like a ghost little spooky thing that goes out when you get bonked on the head too hard no that is honestly a point in favor of the jehovah's witnesses in my mind the word soul in latin is exactly the same word for life it's anima because originally soul and life were considered the same thing. It's pretty obvious that when someone dies, the life leaves them, which is where the idea of the soul leaving you goes. But where it goes? Good question. I mean, does it have to go somewhere? I mean, the Bible's full of references to the uh, bodily resurrection. So, Yeah, they believe that instead of going to there there is no hell only a select few go to heaven most people become reanimated to live on earth mm-hmm. and 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 when you're waiting there's nothing because i think what is the verse is the uh, the dead know nothing like once you're dead you're not spooky floating around you just yeah you're nothing you're, the phrase you're just, that the Orthodox use is that death is falling asleep in Christ or being hidden in Christ, meaning that Christ being the Logos, the animating, logical, organizing principle of the universe, if you want to get like philosophical and Greek with it, um, <clears throat> when you die, your, body, like, your life goes somewhere, and it is somewhere that the universe contains. So it must be subject to the logic of the universe, the Logos, Christ. So it's somewhere in Christ. What that means, we won't know till we're dead. No one's ever come back to tell us. Yes, so I don't know. Yeah, that's true. He did. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> uh. Well, then, what do we think, what are our thoughts on what happens once we die? My personal thought, I, I, I guess I would say, what, what I want to believe is that once we die, there's more. I have a hard time wrapping my head around the idea that once we die, it's completely blank. I, I have a really hard time believing that. I, I want to believe that once we die, we experience something. Even if it's a timeless loop that our brain and chemicals are giving us that will make us think that we're in heaven or whatever the case may be, I have to believe that we're going to experience something. So what are our thoughts? Paul? Oh, man. My brain just... About went blank, but yeah, you said the thing about the timeless loop, and and that's something I I thought of before. Like, you know, is it like some kind of like uh, what's the the fucking movie was uh, where they're going into people's dreams? The farther they go in, the longer time lasts. Is it like oh, some Inception. shit like that where like shit can just be like an eternity in your mind? That's crazy, but I don't know. I, I hope it's something as well. As long as that something is is good. I don't I don't wish anybody like eternal suffering no matter what you've done. Because no matter how much pain 
Like, there's been some despicable people on this earth. Some horrible people that maybe they definitely deserve death. But no matter how much pain you inflict, no matter how many terrible things you can do, you can never inflict an eternity's worth of pain and suffering. So I don't think you should deserve that. So the teaching in the church, and it's one that resonates strongly with me, um, is that between dying in this world and being resurrected at the last judgment, uh, you get a foretaste of what your judgment will be. So if the judgment will be positive, you get a foretaste of life in paradise. If it's negative, you get a foretaste of hell. And the idea of hell is not so much, you did bad things, so now you have to suffer in prison forever. It's more like, you can't accept good thing. You can't accept the presence of goodness, and so you're going to just live in madness and misery forever. And it's not because necessarily of the punishment for what you've done, but because what you've done has made you someone who will just punish yourself. Right? That's what the weeping and gnashing of teeth is about. It's it's madness. It's not so much just, you know, pitchforks and fire. It's insanity. It's constantly being in misery and pain because of who you are and not necessarily because of like a laundry list of debts that you owe for bad things you did. Christian, what do you got? Uh, I like to believe, I do believe that there's something after death. Uh, but I often think like, where were we before birth? You know, like we were in a state of non-existence for the entirety of it all, at least seemingly to us. Until one day we were just magically born, became self-aware, and I think that after we die, uh, we might revert to that state until the next thing happens. And to us, we're not going to perceive that time, so it's going to be simultaneous, whether it's resurrection of a new self-aware life form immediately or far into the future, like super far. It just might be a transition state of self-awareness to another that's what i'd like to think i'd like to think that the thing that's the energy within us all that creates a sort of self-awareness um is from god itself and that it's it never dies um and that we sort of we share that with god in a sense i think uh, it's a long conversation but to make it real short i just think that uh that the God in my brain, or at least my idea of God, is just this self-aware presence that exists in all things that exist. And that maybe, perhaps, he got bored, he or she, whatever it, and now we just have these little self-aware parts of it, experiencing life freely to do with what it wants to do. And through that, the universe grows ever so slightly constant. And that's kind of cool for me. I can live with that. Yeah, I like I like your your thoughts there and I'm glad that you brought up the whole point about, you know, there was nothingness potentially before we were born as well or you know, as far as we know there was there was nothingness as well. That's what I was going to say and I kind of kind of forgot. Um 
So, and and I think about like if if it is like some cycle of like life and death. What's cool is that I think that even though we we think we were from our perspective it was nothingness, we could have very well been a form of life right before what we know. Yeah. Now, um, that's yeah. kind of what I choose to believe. Yeah, I think that's I think that's awesome. Actually, that's a I would love that to be true. But here here was my, my last question or my only question about this was that and this may seem like too much of like a hollywood movie type question or something that's just dumb bullshit that's rolling around my brain here but you think that like with all these cycles there's ever like a way that you get like fragments of memories from past lives or is that just too too like fucking hollywood i'm a that's a great question Um, born long ago or something weird See, I've got two trades of thoughts in that all of this is like pretty chaotic and there's no real plan to it and that all life is just doing its thing. And sometimes I like to think though that the human experience is God's experience and that maybe like everything outside of what it is to be human is not as big of a deal. It's not some people think it's all equal, like, oh we're just monkey, you know, whatever. But that human experience might be like God's plan from the start and his end game that, you know, I don't, I don't believe in reincarnation from like this to like maybe a bug or a different form of life on a different planet. Like mm-hmm. I am my, my self-aware spark is going to always be used from human to human to human to human. And that those transitions can carry over things between different like I, there's just something to be said about pe- people i just saw a video i, I know it's crazy but you know there's people who are kids that are like two years old playing crazy ass piano or doing retaining sorts of things that just don't make actual sense at all how they're able to just act like they've got these imprints of you know skill sets from a different life the know. born pianist right everything you said reminds me strongly of uh the one of the teachings about the creation of mankind is that it is the exact inversion of how pagan religions looked at the creation of their idols so when a pagan religion like when a pagan priest would make an idol he'd take like a chunk of wood or some metal or something and make a body for his god and then trap the god's spirit in there by breathing the spirit into the nostrils breathing the life of the god into the nostril of the the statue or whatever. And then by trapping the spirit in there, he could then like bribe it and make it do what he wanted. And the idea is that God did the exact inverse of that. He made an image not of God, but of, well, not of something that he wanted to manipulate, but of himself. He made the image of God in us, which is why your idea that it's the experience of God that we're experiencing is not unreasonable. I mean, we are the image of God experiencing his creation. So it kind of is that, I guess. No, I believe that. Like, there's a real good argument you could make for that. So, um, for what I believe happens after death, like, However unsure I am about the whole God situation, I'm a hundred times more uncertain about 
death situation. Um, I would think the most logical thing to me is just non-existence. Just complete blackness blanking out. Of course, the idea of heaven is great. It would be great if that existed. I don't really believe in hell, per se. I think that seems like the least likely option, although I think you guys were kind of talking about something earlier about sort of like what I'm about to say, which is um, I think maybe that could be something that is generated within the person's mind. Guilt held over from the bad things that they've done and not been able to forgive themselves for in life. Um, you know, generating synapses in their brains that seem to last for an eternity, perhaps. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really unsure about that, honestly. So there's two points I wanted to <clears throat> follow through with uh, what you've just said. One, as far as the hell thing goes, um, there's also an element to that where you have to take into account that you don't have to feel guilt yourself for something to lead to deeply suboptimal results. Like if someone is way, there are just behaviors that are way out of line with the underlying nature of reality that lead to bad things. And you don't have to necessarily know that it is an immoral behavior for it to lead to really terrible consequences for you. You know? So it, it, it doesn't have to be like, someone sitting there with a list of things that you did saying you're going to be punished for this. It's more like, you know, if I touch fire, it's hot. You know, if I sit on a sharp thing, it will cut me. You know? And as far as the non-existence question, if what happens after death is equivalent to what happened before you were born, it's not like you you experienced an eternity of black nothingness before you were born. You just didn't experience it. There was no before you were born, according to your experience. So wouldn't that hold right. true for death? Like there just is no after you die from your experience? Right. Well, that's, I was, you know, equating that with when I say like black. So I don't mean like you're just sitting there experiencing. Oh, okay. Just, not, just totally gone. Nothing. No experience. Okay. The nothingness. I think I don't think most people think you just sit there and watch like a black screen. It's not like not like I'm like Helen Keller with no nervous system. There's no thoughts either. Yeah. But if so I'm thinking if there is anything after death, you would know it right away. Like there's not like you experience blackness for thousands of years and then eventually heaven or hell or whatever like i think if there's anything ever like even if like our entire universe dies and then somehow an alien comes by and recreates our entire universe every atom and molecule anybody you've ever known that lived here on earth is back wouldn't that seem instantaneous right after death yeah that's what i was saying earlier that you may be in a dormant state and maybe what you get resurrected into is a completely different species in a distant planet of a billion years into the future. But to you, it's going to be like just one seamless life after another. That would be awesome. They, you know, there's that funny people 
say like uh the the tunnel you see as you die is being birthed. Um, Whoa! Yeah, that would be very human thing because or mammal thing. Yes. Sean, did you have something you wanted to say before I go into anything? Well, if you have something to add to this topic, I, I suggest you go ahead and do that now because I'm going to change it. I'm going to change gears ever so slightly. So if you have something to add. I just wanted to throw out there real quick. I'm like, if it is possible to believe for you anyway, I mean, I know I believe it, but if you believe in any beings that are more powerful than you that have created you, and you also believe that we're getting to the point where science can recreate you as a thinking, living, conscious human being with all of the attendant realities behind that. You know, like some alien recreating you or, you know, a thousand years in the future, human beings being able to recreate you entirely down to your last thought and memory. I mean, if that's possible to believe for created beings like us, doesn't that imply that it is that much easier for something that has way more scope and power than we do? You know, like the creator? I mean, if human beings can resurrect themselves, then it seems pretty self-evident that if a creator exists, then he could resurrect us that much easier. What you're saying is definitely true, but that doesn't make him more likely to exist in that same sense. Unless I'm missing something here. Yes, oh, no, no. Was I mean, powerful, yeah, of course. Of course, he would do it faster and better and everything. But that doesn't make him more likely to exist. And I'm not sure if you were trying to argue that at all. No, no. There, so, are, okay. there are proofs, like logical proofs, uh, postulating the existence of God. I'm thinking of Thomas Aquinas's Five Ways, for example. I'm thinking of Immanuel Kant's uh, moral proof of God. Fun fact, I actually got uh, ChatGPT to come up with a completely novel proof for the existence of God. Nice. <laughs> we solved it. Yeah. We solved it. <laughs> ChatGPT is God. ChatGPT may not be God, but it might also have a soul. Oh, no. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Politicians are not going to like God if Chat, BT, Chat GPT is God. <laughs> Neither will schools, um, which is which is funny. I'm changing gears. Republicans, okay. never mind. <laughs> and now we're canceled. Changing gears. I mean, actually, no. We no. have to have a show to be canceled. So. <laughs> yeah. The question I'm going to pose now more controversial if we could possibly even consider that lay it on me i've seen strife in my life i've seen tragedy i've seen horrible things as i'm sure you all have and i'm sure you've heard of horrible things going on throughout the world and the question that i pose is if there is a god how do we explain the incredible suffering others endure i mean it does kind of explain in the Bible that God at this point has pretty much stepped back and just allows things to happen, and he doesn't cause these things to happen, even though he did create everything 
so. say he, so he yeah he doesn't <laughs> cause it directly yeah, he but doesn't cause what, it what directly point? but you know he he he's still created an environment that these things are capable of happening so I, I guess there's two different sides to that that coin there so that's I don't know it gets a little tricky at that point but um you know like you know most Christians will be like you know you know it's it's terrible but it'll be all okay in the end and he's testing us uh, or something maybe <laughs> you know Satan is causing this yeah <laughs> yes well you know I don't think that it necessarily says in the bible that he's stepping back like he's still active but god created i mean it's pretty obvious in the bible god created free will in human beings if he created Mm -hmm. us in his image then that implies that we have the abilities that god has to some extent which is self-determination free will and if we have free will what would that mean if we didn't have the option to choose evil you know what i mean like it wouldn't be free will at that point. A sheep doesn't have the ability to to do anything but sheep things. It can't just decide to be a squirrel one day and climb a tree. But human beings can like we have our free will and we can choose to be in accordance with the good or in accordance with evil. And I think that you know God intervenes uh but we can still choose not to accept that intervention. Yeah, I think I, I misspoke a little bit there. Uh, I guess I didn't mean that he's like sitting back doing nothing. Okay. You know, um, I, what I meant was like, what, like when all the apostles and everybody finally died, you know, there were no more miracles happening. You know, he wasn't part in the Red Sea and making the rivers turn into blood and shit anymore to stop I don't asshole. know. I don't, I don't even think that uh, that's the case. I just don't think that we recognize yeah. miracles anymore the way we used to. We would simply call ourselves crazy or say that it can't exist and try to explain it away some other way or ignore it. Unless you're my grandma and everything's a miracle. People, people coming back from the dead. That ain't happening. Well, I just heard that happened in Texas. Well, what? everything. Hold on, current <laughs> events. Texas. Well, bring this current yeah, event. Yeah, no, let's pull this so, up. I okay. Uh-huh. I, I don't know the like specifics of this story, but I heard about it on the radio. Apparently, there was uh, a kid who had a heart attack. He was like in high school age. Um, the paramedics tried to resuscitate him for an hour. They finally went to his mom and they said, we're sorry, we did everything we could. She went and prayed at his body and was like telling him that she was sorry that he wasn't there anymore. And he suddenly came back to life and the paramedics were still there. And they were like, well, that was our bad. Uh, we, this doesn't happen all the time. Uh, yeah, we don't really know what's going on, but he's making a full recovery now. Good so, for him, you know, fine. has his whole life ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, an hour of no brain, like blood of the brain? They were giving him CPR for almost the whole hour, so, so mm-hmm. kind of push it he a little had bit. no response to it, so they decided to give up eventually. Damn. I mean, if there's no scientific reason that it should 
have resulted in them coming to a full recovery. Like, if they should not have been capable of being resuscitated, and they did. I mean, I've heard it said before that a miracle is simply uh, some part of creation that mankind marvels at. It's not necessarily unexplainable, it's just, it's beyond our capacity to wrap our heads around. And that's always going to exist. Yeah, I guess I, it depends on your 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 definition of a miracle, and then you also mentioned uh, free will as well. But I don't know if we're getting into that later. But I got I, I've I, I don't want to waste your time here. I've been re- listening to Sam Harris and shit, and you probably think I'm all um, crazy. But you know, hey, there's no wasting time. You go ahead and throw it out, man. You you you're you're born. The way you're born with the brain that you have, you didn't choose that, you know. Well, you know, somebody made it pretty simple and it's probably a stupid scenario, but, you know, I'm going to be like, you want chocolate or vanilla ice cream? You may say chocolate because that's what you like. You can't choose to just suddenly like vanilla more just to, like, spite me. Now, if you say you like vanilla more, you're just doing that to prove a point. You don't actually change who you are. Mm. So, you know, free will, I don't know. I think the very first thing that ever happened to spark existence, it was kind of like a domino chain reaction, you know, that caused everything to happen. Me to be born by my parents have the brain that I have everything is all just kind of a chain reaction I'm not really choosing it's just kind of an illusion and that being said it's kind of unhealthy to live in a way where you're like oh I am going to go to Walmart because my will commands me to you still talk like a normal human being and talk as if you have free will because it's kind of insane not to but do I believe in it? I don't know. Not exactly. I definitely have responses, but Adam, you were definitely first. Well, I was going to take it a different direction. Oh. That. My bad. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay, so we were speaking about um, God and whether he allows bad things to happen and all that. And um, I just wanted to say that was a big part of the transition in my life. Uh, you could say that I lost my faith or whatever. Um, because I feel like I understand it better now. I understand that it's not, uh, you know, if there is a God and all the religion and everything um, is the tenet that you follow, it's not necessarily, it wouldn't work the way that I would have thought it did at the time, but when I was little, the idea of a loving, caring God who genuinely listens to your prayers was, I think, really oversold to me in my religious experience. And then my grandpa died when I was eight years old. And I was just like, well, if that's if that's true, he wouldn't let that happen. Why would God let that happen? 
So that was like the whole turning. Yeah, I don't want to harp on it too much, but uh, I've definitely heard, and this is something that I can critique people that I've encountered in my church life. Um, I've definitely heard people disparage this question of why evil exists and is allowed to continue as if it's ridiculous, but it's not ridiculous. I mean, yeah, evil has always existed with human beings, at least since the fall of the original fall. Um, and yeah, it's been worse for people occasionally throughout history, but the scope of evil now is so much that we really need to pay attention to this question. Like it's, it's vital. We now have so many people with so much technology and so many interesting and horrible ways to hurt each other that the question of why evil exists is more prescient than it ever has been. Speaking of evil, when I'm thinking of religion, first off, when I think of religion and God and anything about the afterlife, I get terrified. There's no way I don't get terrified. I, I, I just think of all the bad things that I've ever done in my life and how, how I will be judged. But besides that fact, besides my thought on it, I think uh, something that a large portion of the population kind of focus in on is revelation. <laughs> is, is the absolute end all, right? Like, this is the apocalypse. What do you think, have, has, have we experienced any of the revelation? Ha- have we seen any modern day examples of what the revelations have uh, spelled out? Well, that thing that I put in the chat the other day, I think is a pretty obvious example. What was that? The, uh, the, the chip that they're putting in people's wrists in Australia? Yeah. I mean, why I mean, would they have to? I don't even know if I believe that. I carry, day, but... I carry this thing around with me. I carry a cell phone. Like, That's true. The mark of the beast is right here, buddy. They can track me everywhere I go and hear everything I say. It's, they don't need a chip. What, what, what prophecy does that fulfill, Adam? I'm not sure. The mark of the beast. Yeah. I mean... I, I don't. I, I'm not answering this question directly, or even maybe at all. But uh, what I what I want to say is the problem I have with most of the uh, prophecies is that they're they're very vague. Like anything you could perceive to be the mark of the beast, that's just you know doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth and is different. You know that. Yeah, I mean it's it's like the prophecies in the Bible. You know, I think I think Fallout said it pretty good. The game franchise Fallout, war never changes. You well, can predict war all you want. There's going to be fucking war. There's always like, oh, one day there will be a great war. Of course. Of course there will. Like, And I'm not trying to, 
to, to shit on it. Maybe I'm just seeing things wrong, but I'm just like, if you were to give me a prophecy that's like on this exact day, this exact thing is going to happen at this time. And you're going to, you're just going to freaking know that it was fulfilled. And maybe th- there's probably a few times when that does happen in the Bible, but do you know when it's fulfilled? It's also fulfilled in the Bible. Okay, well, I don't... The thing about the chip, though, and the mark of the beast and all that is... I don't... You know, I should be the last one saying this since I'm, like, one of the most atheistic ones of all of us. But that it was pretty specific, you know? They said that um, you'll have to take it or else you'll not be able to, like, buy, sell, trade. You will have to, you know... You won't be able to. Oh, I don't. I don't know the Bible verses that well, but it, it hits like three or four different marks, which mm. if, you know we're already there with the systems. It's just if they tie it into a central digital currency and make that mandatory and eliminate cash, then we're there. We've hit like four of the tenets of the prophecy, and it's like that's just. Uh, I I don't even know how I feel about it, but it's a little weird for sure. Yeah, maybe I maybe I didn't read enough on that article, but I mean, do you think this is actually something that's going to really happen? I don't know. It's it's happening in Australia right now, but it's voluntary at the moment. All right, Sarah, Sarah see you. I'm just going to read uh, the actual scripture okay. of the Mark of the Beast. I, go- I Doctor Googled okay. it. Bible Gateway <laughs> is that where you got it off of? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, uh. uh Maybe, I don't know. So, the mark of the beast is a seal that the false prophet who serves the Antichrist causes the causes people to receive on the right hand or forehead. The mark is either the name of the beast or the number of his name, which is 666. Those who have the mark can buy or sell but those who do not have it will be slain or afflicted with painful sores. Those who worship the beast and his image and receive the mark will also drink of the wrath of God and be tormented with fire and brimstone. The mark of the beast is mentioned in several passages of the book of Revelation, such as Revelations 13, 15, 15, or whatever. Blah, 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 blah. blah. So I was going to say, you mentioned the prophecies and how vaguely worded they are. There are two ways to interpret every biblical prophecy. There is the specific in that prophecy um, interpretation that is context uh, dependent. So, and then there's the pattern that the prophecy points to, which is wider than that individual incident. So, for example, there is often a cited prophecy in i want to say it's isaiah wherein you know the prophet says very clearly you know there is going to be a war wherein the ephraimites and the uh, i forget who else are going to invade judah and you will know that they will fail and that their armies are about to die when a specific woman gives birth to a specific child in a specific place. 
And that's how the prophecies usually go is like, you know, something bigger is going to happen later, but to prove that that's going to happen, I'm going to tell you something unlikely that's happening right now. And when you see that unlikely thing, you'll know that the big thing is also going to happen. And so that specific prophecy was about that one child in like the 300s BC. But the pattern that that prophecy points to is the same pattern that prophesied the birth of Christ. So Revelation, it's, it's pretty obvious that they're talking about the fall of Babylon and Rome, right? The eagle with the many heads that represent the various uh, provinces of Rome and the fall of Rome. It did happen. It was specifically that thing. It pretty well conforms to the prophecy. It was pretty, the temple fell, all of that happened. But the pattern that it points to can happen over and over again and will have a final largest happening. When that is, no one can know. And that's also in the book that no one can know for sure. So if someone does come to you and say, I know when it's happening because of these signs, probably not the case. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm still. I mean, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm a little bit dense. I'm just still not super convinced by any of the prophecies. And I, this is going to sound stupid, but I, I, I recently watched some uh, Canadian dude debunk like all the the Simpsons prophecies, and some of them seemed a little bit more accurate than uh, than 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 ones I've seen in the Bible and, um, and going back to like an example, what, what Sean read, um, I think one of the, some of the points where they were going to have sores, I mean, maybe they're going to develop some kind of sore from this can't buy or sell. That's accurate. That's accurate. Probably right hand or forehead. I don't know if that mentioned two of the location. Like if somebody's scanning my forehead, well, it's going to be a little bit awkward. Here's the thing. Think about this: the chip from Australia was in the wrist. What are what else is being developed right now? Neuralink. Neuralink. I. But that's not going to yeah. be in your forehead. That's going to be more like in the top of your skull. I think. Eh, close enough. I don't. Know. Close enough. Now we're talking about uh, the book that was written by man, but inspired by a divine. Being, I don't think he's going for close enough. I think he's going for accurate. And and then here's one 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 last point with the prophecies that make it also confusing. It seems like there's a lot of symbolism. You have to admit, especially when looking at, at Revelation. And it seems like when people are wanting to fulfill these prophecies at a later date, they kind of get to pick and choose whether they're saying. Oh, well, this was metaphorical. So when he says donkey, he actually means like, uh, you know, the, the fucking a Nike shoe. It, it makes clear, perfect sense. But then sometimes they can be like, oh, no, this is this is 100% accurate. This is what he meant. Like you get to pick and choose what is symbolism, and what is factual. It's kind of hard to do. Yeah, I I get that the later people who are trying to reinterpret prophecies can do that and you know that is definitely problematic but you also have to understand that these prophecies one you know it is 
the Holy Spirit is what preserves any specific book for us to have now. I mean, St. Paul wrote thousands of letters, but we have like five of them because those are the ones that survived. Those are the ones that are supposed to have survived. He wrote treatises, you know, all sorts of stuff. And it's also pretty obvious that even though these are inspired by the Holy Spirit, they're still written by men. Like they're based mm-hmm. in the law, the language, the knowledge, the culture of those men in that time when they wrote it. You have to interpret it in context. If I were to, uh, I'm trying to think of an appropriate thing that everyone would know here. I don't know. I guarantee you that there are things today where if I make a certain reference, right? It would be pretty obvious, even if I don't spell out what that reference is, that we all know as modern human beings that it points to a certain reality. You know, if I were to talk about Uncle Sam, for example, Mm -hmm. we all know that if I say Uncle Sam is going to invade the island of uh, Cuba, then we would know for sure that that means the United States. But in a thousand mm-hmm. years, if they found some piece of writing where I predicted that Uncle Sam would invade an island in the Gulf of Mexico, even if they knew what the Gulf of Mexico was, they might say, oh, someone who's named Sam will invade, and this must be the man who runs country X, Y, or Z, because Sam is a name that means this in this ancient language. They might not know what the fucking Uncle Sam is. That's a, that's a very good uh, description of that. Yeah, that's that's pretty spot on. But like, yeah, I was gonna say that's, know, that's very good. That like leads back into my confusion with like, you know, the Bible. Like everybody, like you know, like the, taught me back in the day when I went to church, and, and you know, they would say like, this is stuff that like you know, some of it's a little bit confusing, but I think the basics of it you should be able to 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 get enough knowledge to be able to be saved you have like the basic reading comprehension of like a a third grader you should be able to figure this out well yeah there's two commandments that you need to be saved any third grader can understand you know love the god the lord your god with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself everyone can understand that no matter what period of time they're talking about whether they can do it one big question but is definitely very important. I'm sorry. I was... I'm no, no. <laughs> no, I like the energy that we're bringing up. We're yeah, getting no, I'm not trying to... Now. Yeah, I'm not trying to... And I'm not... Uh, like, uh, you know, I hate to, like, try to offend anyone, because I think everybody is definitely entitled to their own belief, and I don't want to... I, I, I don't want to infringe upon anybody's beliefs uh, at all, you know, no matter what it is, but, but it's something that I get, you know, kind of passionate and worked up about and it's not so much i'm wanting to prove you wrong it's just like i'm wanting to throw everything out on the table and i'm wanting to say mm-hmm. you know let's let's fucking find out what is the truth here and that's, no, that's kind of hard do. to do because yeah. like you know how many of you people know how to read like fucking ancient hebrew or you know they're, they're, like you would have to be uh, a man who knows many ancient languages you would have to be 
like, uh, you know, uh, someone smarter than like Indiana Jones with your, your archaeology and history and all that stuff. Like you would have to know so many things. You have to be scientist, archaeologist, uh, man who knows all these languages. Even then we have the brightest minds in the world. Like there's some brilliant Christian scientists and then there's some brilliant atheist scientists and all these people get together they have these debates and arguments all the time and they still can't fucking make it clear cut who is right if they can't do it how the hell am i ever going to know the truth for sure this is you know that's a good question but i think that when you have something like the church which has in one form or another existed since you know the time of christ um tradition plays a role in that too the understanding that people have had for thousands of years regarding this uh comes into play so we don't have to take the entire burden on ourselves there are a lot of things that are in for example the orthodox tradition that we did not actually know uh what they meant until we learned how to translate ugaritic texts and realized oh they're making fun of this ancient canaanite god that everyone forgot about but we've just kept doing it for thousands of years and it's preserved there it's still there that's where the name beelzebub comes from baal zabul was the lord of the north and so they made fun of him and called him Baal Zabub, which means the Lord of Shit. <laughs> I've never heard it of actually that. means the Lord of Flies, which is where yeah. Lord of the Flies that uh, uh, what's his name wrote comes from. But uh, what do flies circle around most often in the daily life? You know, a big pile of shit. Yeah. So exactly. We probably I probably should have mentioned this. Uh, in the first portion, but since we're getting towards the end here, um, mm-hmm. I did I did still want to ask you a question uh, that we talked about earlier, Dale. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, you've dropped a lot of knowledge on us tonight, and you obviously are very versed in the uh, orthodox uh, theological... Oh, uh, you flatter me. You know, Whatever you want to call it. Though. I'm going to have to tell my father confessor that so that I can get uh, catechized quickly and finally get uh, able to take communion. That'd be nice. I haven't listened to the podcast. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Preserve my soul. I hope not. We were saying um, earlier that you are not the first, but the second person, uh, quite young person who I've known who's gone to uh who is converted to orthodox christianity russian orthodox specifically correct yeah so the orthodox church is very they call it very ecumenical which for those who don't know necessarily what that word means it just means like regional so there's a greek orthodox church that is slightly different in their uh uh ritual life than the Russian Orthodox Church, which is different than the uh, Romanian Orthodox Church. It's different than 
Definitely different than the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. They're not even Chalcedonian. So the Orthodox Church in the U.S. came out of the Russian Church. So we're closest to the Russians. So just, I guess we'll have to be really brief, but like what uh, drove you to get into that? Well, so, you know, life is hard. Sean will be able to tell you we've gone through some uh, wild shit with our father and growing up. And so death has, I mean, we haven't seen a lot of people really die and not come back, but, uh, and that last point is important, not come back. We've seen death, but most of them, you know, jump them like an old car with the paddles. But, uh, you know, so religion has always been kind of on my mind ever since I was a young uh, knee-high to a grasshopper squirt. And so I've gone on quite a journey. And that's led me down a lot of different roads. And the Orthodox Church is one of the few churches I've found that preserves ritual in its fullest extent. It makes the best claim historically and logically to being the original church. Um... I'm not going to lie, it has something to do with the fact that I have never been in an Orthodox parish that didn't have just fantastic people in it. You know, it doesn't do these horrible things that you see at a certain, for example, Baptist congregations, the Westboros come to mind, who are just... I'm sorry, I don't want to bash any specific religions, but the Westboro Baptists are horrible, horrible people. They are, and the, like the they can catch I, fire, and I would not like if there was a Westboro Baptist Church on fire, and I had a glass of water, I'd drink it. There <laughs> is uh, the the school that I went to was Southern Baptist, and there's a lot of contradictions in many of their congregations. I can attest to that. Yeah, so you know there were a lot of considerations that went into it, but I think the ritual and the uh, historicity of it play a big role. I think that's what a lot of people my age who are converting into it convert for is there's this definite sense of an extension that this is an ancient religion that has continued from the time of Christ. This is what Christ laid down for us and it makes a lot more logical sense than a lot of the contradictory Protestant faiths that you see out there. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I I just uh you know, when you first hear Russian Orthodox, you know, your mind goes to weird places and you're like, why would yeah. anybody want to go to that? But that's that's good. You laid it up. Yeah, Paul. I just I just want to say one thing. It's going to be like, you know, I don't know if anybody watched South Park, but I think in the end it was the the Mormons who were right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you mentioned South Park. I'm always, when religion comes up, I'm thinking about that series of episodes with the sea otters. Where they just, re- <laughs> oh, I love where they that just replace science with God. Yeah. They're like, science, damn you! <laughs> or, or the one where they say Timmy can't confess his sins. Does that mean he's going to hell? And yeah, yeah. And he becomes a preacher. Oh, and wow. The money in the end. Wow, I'd completely like, forgotten about that. Yeah, I think I know uh, what I'm watching now. 
Those are a couple of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Good episodes. All right. Well, I, of course, I always say this, but I, I really enjoyed today's episode. I really appreciate everybody coming out here, uh, taking their time to record tonight. It was a unique episode. Mm-hmm. I we've not done something so serious before. I usually try to intervene and like make sure that we input some sort of comedic relief, but no, this was pretty much just whatever anybody wanted to say about it, and I appreciated that. I really enjoyed the conversation that we all had. So, thanks for listening to Terrible Tirades. If you like the show... We ask that you give us a like or follow on whatever podcast or whatever listening service that you're currently using. We also have an Instagram that we'll be posting on consistently and potentially asking for topic ideas in the future. Um, gentlemen, do you have anything to end the show with? Just be good to each other. Christ is risen. Amen. All right. Thank you for stopping by.